Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello everyone, it is the final word show, Liverpool. Um, did beat Newcastle United, Chris? Yes, they did. They did, very, 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 very good game indeed. Um, we'll kick things off right at the top. Squad rotation. We, we talked a little bit in the, in the build this about whether we were going to enter this period where Liverpool did actually start to give some other players a chance and lo and behold they did and lo and behold once again James Kearney missed out. Um, I, I had myself convinced that he was getting this game. I, I couldn't see any other... Lo- I, the stars had aligned. He's not going away on international duty. Bobby Firmino likely was likely to be jet-lagged to fuck having been on the on the West Coast and all that kind of stuff. And um, now we just went with what we normally do in those situations and, and started Origi. Poor old Shaq. No, not really. I mean, let's be honest, Origi's done more over the last six months than Shaqiri has. So I wasn't gutted that Shaqiri didn't get on the, you know, didn't get a start and stuff. I was happy to that Origi got a start, and I was I was happy that Mane started in that number nine position, but. After sort of the first 10-15 minutes, you kind of realised that it wasn't working, didn't mm. you? Uh, Liverpool came out and, and looked a little bit slow and sluggish, but then we did what we've always been able to do when we go a goal behind. Just like it's like poking the bear, isn't it? You just yeah. make us angry, and then there was points during that game where it was the best performance I've seen in years. It, it was, um, yeah, Ben. It was, it was a tricky one, wasn't it? I think a combination of, of factors. You know, obviously we did make a couple of changes. Oxford Chamberlain, we'll talk about a little bit later on. Origi, Origi, then picking up a knock as well. I think as as an impact, but it was it was mad watching a game of football. And I mean, look, it's the beauty of football. How the c- contrast that with the Arsenal game at, at, at us against them at Anfield, where they basically let Trent and Robbo. Have the ball, do what they want, do whatever they wanted with it, and then you look at that game. And for the first twenty minutes, Trent's picking the ball up, and there's like two men between him and where he's he was sta- where, just where he was standing mm. in, in, in the Arsenal game. Steve Bruce came out, he looked to pack it, looked to do what they did against against Tottenham Hotspur, and it, and it, it was. It took us a little while, I think, once again, uh, you know, to to just feel our way into the game to figure it out. But unfortunately, obviously, we go we go a goal down. Yeah, I think, think from their perspective, that that was the game plan. But from, they probably scored a bit too early for their own liking, to be honest, because you know if they get that goal on an hour and it's nil-nil at that point, you know, the, 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 they're carrying out a perfect execution it of the game plan. It probably kicks us up the arse to go yeah, to be yeah. a bit braver, really, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at that point, we, we, we discussed it outside the ground. It seemed as if when we did it on the instant match with um, where I did that with Steve, everybody woke up, the crowd woke up. There was Andy Robertson tackling after about 20 minutes yeah, that minutes. just seemed to get the game going um, from our perspective um, I think in general you know as, as you say I think the factors of a couple of changes international duty half 12 kickoff is never mm. great um, you know and, th- and they come out 
and they're obviously packing, packing, sitting tight, camping their half. They get the goal, and and, they, and then we we kick on from there, really. Yeah, it was um, it was a, it was a very odd start to the game, really, wasn't it, Jack? Because because they, they they were sat so deep, they got so many men behind the ball, and yet they are obviously still able to cause us problems on, on on the counter as well. So it wasn't like it was a, it was a really weird balance to it. Yeah, I think we were all over the place a bit in the first twenty minutes or so. Obviously. They they had a lot. Bruce employed a lot of different tactical things. He tried to outmaster us, but as you say, they were there. They were camped in their own half. They had this setup, and I think it was difficult for us to do anything in that first twenty minutes. And um, obviously, the goal did seem to give us a kick up the arse to, to progress from there. It was um, it's an absolute belter of a goal, to be fair. Yeah, there's. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean, I was talking to Johnny from Newcastle Fans TV in the in the week, and he was saying their their wing backs, their full backs are shite. So when it's when it's Williams on the edge of the area, I'm like, Harry, shite him. Ten's got the uh, fuck. Mm. How, uh, wow, that yeah. was a, that was an impressive strike, wasn't it? And I think Trent, I think Trent's position is quite good. I don't think Trent thinks he's going to flick this off the inside of his left foot to go round him and then thunder cunt it into the top bin. Like, yeah, it's 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 funny because when you watch it in normal time, you're like, wow, what an incredible piece of skill. When you watch it back in slow motion, he looks like a defender. He looks like a defender. 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 <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What? <laughs> What's it? It's oh. why it's why your world's patented slower step over works. It People shouldn't. Priest over and laughter. Yeah. That the 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 yeah exactly. You've got to. Yeah. That, I, I agree. That was exactly what I was thinking. Watching it back, I was like, sometimes you just throw a skill move. And like, what are you doing? What are you doing a skill move for? <laughs> oh shit! Oh, all right. Yeah, fair, fair play. You only get away with it once. Um, any blame anywhere else? Maybe Virgil. I mean Virgil. I mean, look. I think the run by Atsu is really good. I think he takes advantage of Virgil's position. I think Virgil is probably slightly deep, maybe four or five yards deeper than you'd expect. Um, I was more concerned by the fact that there was probably our four defenders all over to, the, to Andy Robertson's side of the pitch and, and the, when Atsu did pick the ball up, there was too much space for Williams to come into. And I think that's something that Liverpool struggle with throughout the game. I think... Is it Kraft? Is that how you say the, the right back? Yeah. He had an opportunity later on. Whatever. I, I, I genuinely don't care. I, I might I might learn his name for the next time we play him if he's still in the side. You literally just asked. Yeah, yeah. I don't care though. <laughs> I, was just being, I was just being polite, really. Um, but I think we struggled with that all game. Mm. I think they're, they're full backs, they're wing backs getting high up the pitch. And, you know, we play a, we play a tight midfield three. And then whose job is it? Is it one of the midfielders to track him or is it one of the forwards to track him? And I don't think any of them really did that, which left the, the two full-backs in situations Do we think Oxlade-Chamberlain being on the pitch hampered that a little bit for us? Because obviously Jordan Henderson on that side does so much work normally to cover and, and help out the full-backs. Probably, yeah. 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 Probably. I, I, I didn't think he had a very good game, to be honest with you, Ox. I thought he looked like a guy who hasn't had a start at Anfield since April. Yeah. Um, his first touch quite often was poor, you know, five-yard pass to the opposition. In fact, it is it is poor first touch, which leads to one of Mane's goals, isn't it? Mm. Because then Bobby comes back, wins yeah. the ball and plays through Mane in the Dubrov Carrera. But without that poor first touch, first touch, we actually probably don't score the goal. He had a very a, a very up and down game. I thought there's moments in that, Ben, where he you can see exactly... You know the Oxford Chamberlain that we remember, but there's other moments, and I think he's still getting over that psychological. He needs to just get crunched by someone, I think, and yeah. get up and be fine. Because mm. there's a moment, and it actually, I think it's actually that one where it's a heavy touch, and he then 
it, look, in the ground, you're saying shit out. In reality, you know, you, you, you're not, you, you're trying not to go out of control because you could quite easily dive in, get, give, give away a free kick, get booked, get, get, you know, you could get a red in those. But it looked to me like a guy who didn't trust himself to, to, to go full contact. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like if when you're a kid and you fell off your bike and it takes you a little while to actually get up to full speed again. Yeah. It, it, it is like that. There was one There was one in particular, well, two in the second half in particular, one where there was a, he got himself into a really good position. There was a really heavy touch that gave it to Shelby and we, we were basically looking to break away. And then there was another one where he had loads of space to drive into and, and, he, and he did and he was driving. It looked as if he, you know, he was going to, and then he played just a horrendous pass straight yeah. to their centre-back. And it's a bit like, for me, th there was enough there there were flashes, you know, and, and, and that's why I'm not too concerned oh, about there's it. No, there's no point in there's no, there's yeah. no criticism because ultimately oh, no, 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 no. this is what we what we're looking at is the road to recovery for, for, for Oxford Chamber at the moment. Jack he's he's a he's a player that I've mentioned, you know, April, you know, you're saying and he only got brief he's only been getting brief minutes coming on as a substitute. Getting that start, getting the chance, getting the minutes in the legs, we're probably not gonna see the importance of him just having played that game until like next week or the week after when he, he's, he's, he's far more ready. It's the problem as well, he's not going to get sufficient game time in a short space of time, he's not going to start like three games in a row so it's going to be hard for him because it's... True but look at, look at Adam Lallana last season, True. comes on in the derby and everyone goes what the hell is Adam Lallana coming on in the derby for? Why are we bringing him on? And then he plays the Bournemouth game, I think, the next the next yeah. time out, and he's brilliant yeah. because he's had those. Yeah, it's part of his preparation. I, I think that's what Oxo Chamberlain's needing. I think he does need that consistent game time. I think then he'll get back up to speed. Like he joked in pre-season about his fatiguing and stuff, and I think I think that is an issue for him right now. I don't think he is himself fully fit and the Oxo Chamberlain that that we knew when he first moved to the club. But I do think that. I do think that when he has had time, he will get back to full speed. But it's one of them injuries, isn't it, where you never know if a player is going to be the same again after it. And I think we're just going to have to be very patient with, with Oxley Chamberlain. Yeah. The, the good thing about Ox is that, you know, that one where he touches it, he drives on and he shoots and it goes just wide. Mm. <coughs> He's absolutely hammered that ball. Yeah. And, that, and, you know, had he any concerns about, you know, leftovers from that injury, he probably doesn't hit it as hard as he does. He hits that just as hard as he's hit anything in the yeah. past. So that gives me a little bit of comfort. There was another one second half where I think for, it's hard to narrow it down. Firmino flicked the ball into Mo Salah. Oh, that, that one, that one, one particular incident where yeah, he flicked that it. that one of <laughs> ten times. But Ox plays an incredible ball into Mo Salah's feet that... Henderson doesn't play, mm -hmm. uh, and he's right on the touchline where you obviously where you take a throw in and stuff, and he drills the ball into the forward. And I thought to myself, that's a really brave pass that nobody on our team probably plays. Yeah. So you can still see that he's got the vision, he's still got the skill to be able to enact what he's thinking and what he's seeing. Um, he just needs more of it. And he talked himself last week, didn't he? About you know, you mentioned three games on the bounce. He said, I need that. I need to feel like I can do that because that's the next thing for me. Yeah. And he'll be ticking boxes as he goes. Yeah, when absolutely. when fully fit, is that the best type of game for him do you think the the, 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 the the teams that sit deep or do you think he's better off against teams who might play a little bit more open he's like you know he, he, he reminds you of the Trent Alexander-Arnold debate mm. is that are you better off do you need more attacking players when you're playing against defensive sides or do you need these more talented players when you're playing against the best sides because the small mm. moments of quality yeah. start to shine I looked at this game and said well look he was so good against Newcastle like two seasons two seasons ago he was integral to having that having that it's basically an extra attacker isn't it yeah. you know you're pushing one more guy further forwards but then 
look at the Man City games, you know, in, 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 in domestically and in the Champions League again, that he, he, he has the telling impact on those. So honest answer. I don't think I don't think there is a I don't think there is a, the, the right answer provided he, he's able to contribute. I just it, we're just gonna. But there's certain games because you just mentioned Henderson there. Now I'm a big I'm a big fan of Henderson and I, I would be starting Henderson most games. But you you're right. Like the, the, I mean I don't know what I, I can't remember the particular incident you're talking about. But there are passes that Oxley Chamberlain makes that Henderson just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Henderson does other things very very well. And I'm just wondering whether in games. Obviously, the, all, right now it is all about getting the match sharpness and the match fitness up. I just wonder which. I was just wondering which which type of game you think would suit him best. I don't. I, I don't and as I said, I don't I don't there is a right answer. I don't think. I think Paul's right. I don't think there is a right yeah, answer. To be yeah. honest, I think you know, good players play well against all different types yeah, of sides. That's yeah. what stands them apart, isn't it? I think you know there are different styles of play. One of the things that I find quite interesting is where uh, you know for me early on in the game, Trent was. As you mentioned earlier, actually, as well, he was doubled up quite often. And sometimes when you're in the ground, you can imagine, let's say, Virgil van Dijk's got the ball and you can see Trent over on the right-hand side in space. And quite often you'll think to yourself, play that ball over to him and there's a pass to Matip first. And you think, oh, why? And then I realised that what we were doing with playing the ball to Matip first is as soon as the ball's played to Matip, the fellow who's close to Trent runs towards Matip. Matip then plays the ball to Trent and he's got one less player to worry about. Yeah. So there's there's loads of these tiny little things that we think are insignificant yeah. that all play into free and Trent up. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Oxley-Chamberlain, when he drives forward, takes two men with him and Trent's in space yeah. Yeah. because of that. And, the, and Henderson yeah. does it in a different way. It's, where, it's also a lot of the time, is where's Trent's pass? We don't think about who Trent's passing the ball to. We are, well, it's obvious you go to there. But then, and this happened so much in the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, we played the ball to Trent. And he's, the, the, all the passing lanes are shut off. We've got no one there because they've got so many so many men back. So you're, sometimes you've kind of got to go, you've got to take three passes where one logically would do. But the, the, I think short term anyway, Ben, on, on the Ox stuff, these games is the answer yeah, because you're not throwing him in against, probably not throwing him against Chelsea, maybe, you know, or City or whatever. The, yeah. the really big games, not in Napoli, where you wouldn't be, I don't think he'd have any, he'd been in contention to start that game regardless. Once he's fully fit, you can play Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in any game of football because he's that good. Yeah. But for now, I think yeah. you know, and that's what I say. I think it, it, we, we haven't got a to... game like this for a while. It's a shame, but we, we don't play at home again in the league. For, yeah, for but you might find Sheffield United, United away could be, could be MK Dons. Yeah, maybe. I think MK Dons absolutely certain. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he, he, he plays in that regard. Um, well, let's let's move on. Um, Joe Matip, Jack should just get a penalty. Yeah, it's. I don't understand how he guy's is. got his arm around his neck. I mean, if a headlock isn't clear and obvious, I do not know what is clear and obvious. Yeah. And it's this whole thing with VAR and I think um What's Mike Riley came out in midweek and said about it made four mistakes last month. The whole idea of VAR is to not make any mistakes whatsoever. It was to get rid of them in the Premier League and we're still seeing it and I know we're six games in, I know it's gonna take time, but these constant mistakes from, from VAR I see you've put on here, is it bad bad VAR or bad refereeing? 
I think it is a mixture of both. It's bad implementation of the exactly. whole thing because they yeah. cut it. So in, on the on the BT coverage, they, they go to their expert referee in his little hole, whatever he's living, and he's like, "What? What is it?" And he said, "It's a subjective decision, so the VAR can't be used because it's 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 basically open to interpretation whether it's a, a foul, whether you think it's a foul or not." Which again is coming out to how the Premier League is implementing it because in, re in realistic terms, he should just be getting a, a little note saying, "There's a penalty there, mate." Just give the penalty and we'll explain it to you as you're walking over. Blow the whistle, point at the spot, walk over and we'll tell you a bit more. You know, um, and as it was, they are, they, 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 they're, they're being told not to interfere in, in that decision. And what's worse about the whole thing is then they push the guy in the studio and they say, would you give it? And he says, at the cop end? Yeah. And you're like, fuck off. Why has he said that? Fuck off, you little gobshite. When do we get penalties at the cop end? When? I mean, and, and, and Paul Tompkins has been on one about this all, all weekend long, but like Spurs have had more, I think Spurs have had more penalties than us at Anfield in the last two years. It's like, yeah, it's, mad. it's just, not, it's utter nonsense and it tells you everything you need to know about what's wrong. VAR is supposed to be this impartial thing that sorts it out. It's not, it's more examples, I think, of, again, poor implementation in addition to a, re a former referee explaining to you the mindset of referees is that the reason he's not giving it at the cop end because he's joking, they're laughing, oh, oh, giving it at the cop end, oh, because that's a thing. It's not a thing. It's genuinely not a thing. It's mad. It's absolutely fucking mad. At least they're consistently shit, though, still. Because... <laughs> yeah, but they were consistently shit anyway. Why are three more people being paid money to, be to consistently sit and watch the shit. telly? Do you know what I mean? The, the, the thing is, it's, it, there's that thing as well where City Tottenham, it happens there. Rodri too. One, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if they've, they've just been told, don't give that in the next game that's on telly, because... There you go, we've got to keep the consistency now we've got VAR. It just feels like the so, so what you're saying is, if they get it wrong the first time, they're just yeah, going to get it wrong for yeah, the rest of the season. They say to them, oh, we've got just it wrong, getting it wrong. Just, we changed the rule now. Don't give that for the next few weeks, because really? shit. Well, I'm what referee, I'm sorry, what is referee is going, you know, it's a subjective decision about a headlock. It's not, it's a no, fucking headlock. It, well, it, yeah, but it's not. It's not if it's. It's not. It is. It's not. It's not if it's a foul, though, is it? It's if it's a clear and obvious error. So for some reason, they've decided that it it's not a clear obvious. and obvious error that he's missed that. They might think it's a foul, but they might think at the same time. For me, I don't know. But hang on a minute, right? So what you're telling me now is it's got to be a clear and obvious error. I've heard that yeah. said so many times. Yeah. If the referee has just not seen it, let's say he's just facing yeah. the other way. Yeah. And that's and why he's not seen it. Can VAR say to him, "You've missed something there. You're clear and obvious error." Was they're looking the wrong can. way, you knobhead. No. The, the, the way I see VAR, but I don't think they. Sorry, Jack. I don't it's think right. they would because I, you, I, we're starting to build a picture up here of refs protecting refs. I think they, I don't think they want to make. They're trying not to draw attention to the stupidity of the referees on 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 the pitch somehow. It's fucking weird. It's just a penalty. The, the, the way I see VAR is the best part of VAR is when. The guy in his, the ref's ear says, oh, I think there's a decision to make there. The ref goes over, watches it again, and makes his decision that, based no, on that, the replay. That, that for me is bollocks. I, like, I, it's, because then you're then talking five five minutes while a guy goes and consults the video screen. You shouldn't need to be done. If mm. you've got professionals and they've seen it, it should just be like, it should be like goal line technology. It should be like offsides. You know, you've got a guy there whose job it is to tell you whether it's off, offside or not. You've Trust got them. Exactly. Mate, it's a penalty. Blow the whistle. It's a penalty. A penalty. You know, someone has been filed in the box. But again, it comes down to if they're being told they're not allowed to to, to override the referee. 
Then what again? <laughs> what's the what's the point? I, my only thinking from the actual referee there is that because Matip makes the best of it and he effectively nods it down, he's almost gone. Advantage? Maybe. Or he, I, mean, I don't think he's given advantage, has he? But maybe he's thought, maybe he's not seen the initial pull and all he sees turned and seen Matip nodding it down. And yeah, there's been a bit of a coming together because there's always coming together. I, I, it's not my job to make a case for defending referees because referees are shit. Um, but that's the only way I can possibly fathom that he, he, he's gone that way is he's thought, oh, it's, it, Matip's tried to nod that down deliberately when he's basically unmarked. Six yards out, tried in a goal scoring. <laughs> it's baffling. Crazy. Um, one thing that was good in this in this spell, Chris, I think we kind of touched on it already, but I, I, I love the fact that Liverpool got themselves into the game around this time. We, and we all, I always talk about this, we always need, you always need to see this as, as a fan in particular, but I think the team for, for confidence, just see us being dangerous. You know, she's a team set up, they look to nullify, and, and you, you start to get a sense of whether it's going to be one of those games or not by whether you can craft opportunities. And Liverpool just started to turn up the heat, starting to cause probably put a couple of good crosses into the box. They started to be a little bit panicky, and you, you start to get this sense that this is probably just a matter of time. Yeah, I think Ben nailed it before, to be honest. I think the, the key turning point for us was Andy Robertson making a tackle near the halfway mm-hmm. line. Um, he slides in, the crowd wakes up, and then all of a sudden Origi's in the nine where you probably want. And we've whipped a few balls in earlier to Mane and Salah, and Lascelles has not dealt with it really easily. We whip another ball in, Lascelles just about clears yeah. it off Origi's head, yeah. comes to Mane, he whips a ball, and Origi gets the head that it goes wide, and you're thinking, this is coming before yeah. half time now. Yeah, and, it, and it was that, and then it was a little bit disappointing then to see Origi. Obviously, he picked up an injury earlier on in the game, fought through it. Um, but it was the worst thing that could have happened for Newcastle bringing Bobby Firmino <laughs> on because, yeah. I mean, the lads, I, I don't know, he's playing better than Suarez ever played for us. Yeah, he's, <laughs> Roberto Firmino is, you know what, I, I, I loved classic peak Ronaldinho. And you know, you watch the footballer just properly enjoying playing football. It's just big smiles. Everything feels like it's within, like he's got, he's got his, a grip on everything that's happening in the world around them. And that's how Firmino's playing at the moment. He He's just having fun. He's going out there and he's like, this is dead easy, this football stuff. Some of the passes he's playing, it's not just, you know, I mean, look, the assist for Salah's goal is absolutely something else. But the one he plays for, for Robertson, like he, he thinks it over, he thinks it over a defender for a laugh. For nothing, for no other reason than shits and giggles. I was laughing at you when we were playing the new Pro Evo the other day because you did something. So I was like, "That's not a through ball." Yeah, the next day, fucking Bobby's doing it on the pitch. Yeah. And yet, it's you know, for me, it's like he's in the fucking matrix. He's seen it all in fucking bullet time at the moment. Yeah, there's like fucking five fellas around him for that assist, and he goes, "I'm gonna knock it under this foot. Everyone's gonna go that way, and while they're doing that, I'm gonna knock it that way, and I'm not even gonna look." And while I'm doing it, I'll probably just look at someone and smile. And then all of a sudden, the ball's gone through. There's a lad there who's injured off Bobby's assist. Mm-hmm. He's, fought, he's thrown himself head first on the floor because he doesn't know which way he's supposed to be going. Yeah. Never mind Salah going round. <laughs> he, he tries the last swipe. You love to see it. You love to see someone desperately trying to use any body part available to stop, to stop a man going through. It's that, for me, you know, skill. Ben is 
it's the kind of thing you see skills YouTubers do, but it's got no normally it's got no practical application yeah. in a in a competitive game of football. Or if you do, you just get took out. But for me, you know, is Chris is dead right. He, he's working on another level now. I didn't think he could get better, but he is noticeably, tangibly. A better footballer than any Bobby Firmino we've had. Up yeah, to he's point. been he's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, the the way he comes on and just finds those little pockets of space, he's unique in the way he, he, the area of the football pitch that he occupies and makes use of so effectively. In the sense of, uh, there's loads of different types of strikers in the Premier League, but there's just there just isn't anybody else who would quite do no. the same job, if not if not in the world. And I think um, even he's you know you were saying before about him enjoying his football. Even he, I think there's been some quotes coming out about how like he just loves being at the club and how the fans appreciate him. You know we singing his name and all that. And it just feels like for him at the moment he's riding this wave of winning the Champions League, winning the Copa America, coming through to the season, not really having had much of a break. So he's been able to maintain that match sharpness yeah. and just carry on. Um, the Arsenal game, he, he was absolutely superb. And you know the, the Burnley game, he creates a goal and scores a goal. And there's actually quite a similar a similar goal, the second goal on um, on Saturday, the way he wins the ball back and plays that ball through. Obviously. Debrave has a bit of a nightmare, yeah. but, but you know the way the way he drives forward. I don't think defenders know what to do with him when when, when, when he's running towards them because they're, they're looking at him and they're running, he's running towards them. But they've got Mane there and they've got Salah there. Do they go two because that's going to that's going to create space behind them? Do they drop off? But he, he he can hit them as well. So so they've got absolutely no idea what to do with him because they can't pick him up because he's playing so deep, because he's not playing a traditional number nine role. Yeah. So they've got no way of tracking him. He's just absolutely unreal. And, I, and it was something kind of Ben hinted at there, you know, that is, is how established he is and how much he loves it. See the video that his wife put out of him and, and, and his daughters singing, singing his song in the stands and stuff like you. You just look at a man and he's just, it's like he's got his time and place. And this is this is Bobby Firmino's time and place. And what I really love is that the the beauty of that little bit of skill that sets up the third the third goal is that it's it's been picked up by the world and everyone's looking at it and everyone's talking about it and everyone who's got the rights to put it out there has got their own clip out of it you know Liverpool and BT and Optus and all these other random places sticking it out and everyone's talking about it. and all of a sudden you know the, the general consensus talking about like Virgil Van Dijk and Allison the other week and they're winning awards because it's universally accepted that they're brilliant footballers it feels like this that was like a game where the, the world of football just went, oh, stood up and oh, yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's the thing because for years we've been talking about Firmino being the system player, and you see other other fans laughing and saying, ah, oh, he's not as good as he's the worst player in your front three. He's not. He is an absolute phenomenal player, and everyone's seen it now. And it, it's bringing it back to the happiness thing. It's it's like he's won the Champions League, he's won the Copa America. When he when he had his three week break, he was getting pissed every day with Philippe Coutinho. He's a, he's he's this is Bobby Firmino's world at the minute, and we're just all living in it. <laughs> yeah. we really are because he is. I mean, Klopp a few years ago came out and said Marnie's got a song, Salah's got a song, Firmino needs one, and I think it's been perfect timing for him that he's getting all this success with club and country. He's got his song, and it's it's just. Absolutely phenomenal. I will never ever tire of watching Roberto Firmino and you touched on it earlier saying that he's playing better than Luis Suarez at the minute and with that skill he did I looked at it and I thought you know what he, he is better than Luis Suarez and I think he is one of the best strikers we have had if not the best in my lifetime and that's putting him above Suarez, above, Firmino, uh, above Torres, 
I really do think he's got just an extra level of intelligence. The thing I point out to as well is the second goal. Um, so when Oxley Chamberlain is in that touch and he's pressing, he's dropped deep, he's pressing with Matip and he yeah. wins the ball back straight away, he creates the opportunity. And yes, we did get a slice of look for that goal, but it's Firmino's ability and every, a lot of other players would give up there and be like, oh, Oxley's giving it away. It'd take some seconds to get to get back into the game but he just goes you know what he's got that instinct to get the ball back and press and and, and how many teams I, I love that actually Jack how many teams the midfielder loses the ball and the centre back and the striker go and win it back at the same yeah. time and that's just Liverpool all yeah. over isn't it your midfielder loses the ball both of them come in they walk away with it and it's an assist in five seconds flat he like it's like something in his brain that just goes here we go. This is yeah. my time. So the, the opponent gets the ball, and he actually comes alive. Which is obviously again you talk about the system player that does all over, isn't it? But it's it's probably for me, you know, in a nutshell. Most people you right, would be like, ah, oh. and you see loads of forwards who do it, and fine. You know, Leo Messi doesn't come alive in that situation, you know, and that's the best footballer in in the world. Of course, he's a different different levels and all that kind of stuff. But Roberto Firmino just sees if the opponent's got the ball, it's like. That's his, that's his trigger for creating a goal-scoring opportunity. The spider sense is going on, and he's looking off. That's, how, that's the archetypal Roberto Firmino goal or assist is exactly that. It's him coming in from behind, nicking the ball away and, and striding up the pitch and making something happen. He's just absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. Klopp even said, that he, Klopp was talking to Peter McDowell after the game and Klopp said, I nearly sang his song. Yeah. The performance was so good. You know what I mean? This is the manager of your football club saying, I was close to joining in with C Senior. I mean, it's funny, I think um, Steve McManaman gave him gave him man of the match. And he said, it's not often that I'll, I'll go against the fellow who scored two goals mm. in the game, but I, you've got to give it to Firmino. And again, it's a lad who came on after half an hour, played 60 minutes of footy and was the best player on the park. And it's funny because I was thinking this, watching the game, that Mo Salah might be our worst our least talented footballer in the front three. And, I, and by that, I mean, like, I'm not saying he's not talented. I mean, like, in terms of how good he is as an all-round footballer, he's probably the, he's, he's probably the least technically gifted yeah. of the I, three, I, which is insane. Yeah. He scored, like, 700 goals in the last, in the last two I, seasons. I've been saying that for a while. That I did, like, it's mad how good our front three is. You look at our front three, and you're saying those front three are definitely three of the best seven, ten players in the world right now. And... That, that is genuinely incredible. You look, they're all 30 million players when we got them and Jürgen Klopp has just turned them into the best, literally the best players in the world. Yeah. And it's like, as you say, Mo Salah, our least technically gifted player. And it's like, how mad is that? I mean, we're I'm talking not sure, I'm, not sure like, I'm not sure it's like that. I just think that they all, like we used to talk about for me, you know, Liverpool fans spoke about him. He's the glue that sort of holds it all together. I think without Mo Salah and you put someone else in there, it, oh, does, it doesn't oh, work. Yeah. So they've all got yeah. this thing. That I they, think, just, they just meld together perfectly. I think that's down to the... Ma I think that's where you've got to give the manager immense mm. credit because I think when there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of conversations about Raheem Sterling at the moment. Raheem Sterling's playing at a, a top level as well. But like, would, 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 would you have Mane or Sterling? And I'm not sure that if you put Mane... In the city team, he's quite as effective for them, even though he's talented. I'm, I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure in that system under Pep Guardiola. I don't think. I mean, maybe Pep Guardiola will be able to get a, get a tune out of him as well. You know, I mean, absolutely, absolutely would yeah. be able to. But I, I don't think that the three players individually 
Uh, uh, no, they're all world class, but I think the way they put, they put themselves together, yeah, I think, it's a temptation to compare manager. because it's front three, yeah. front three yeah. stuff. But you're right; we've got three lads who are all world class mm. who all play the game completely differently, and it all and it works. You yeah. know, it's like it's like you're putting three random ingredients together that you go, yeah. hmm, okay, and then you know they're amazing in the, in, the, in the pot. And the, what the point I'm kind of making about Salah is Salah's just a very direct footballer, isn't yeah. he? He runs in straight lines, dead fast. And he kicks the ball at the goal. Where it's like, he's man eight. Like, like, we shouldn't. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We should be dedicating more time to Mane's performance because Mane was absolutely unreal. Absolutely unreal. Because like, the goal, the first goal, like he, he puts it in the top bin, he smacks one in the top bin in, inside the box. Great. Every time he picked the ball up, he's just skinning men for fun. It's close control, dribbling, you know, direct running, ability to find the back of the net. Mane's gone up a level. This is this is you know he's been he's been borderline world class and I've said this you know if he puts together a full season of it this feels like that this this feels like the season of uh, of he's Sadio Mane and he's yet. already done it he's already done it for me he did last season full season of being world class he's now just capitalising on that and I, I don't know like we've sat we sit here every single week it seems and talk about how good they are like just say what I could just say what I said last week about him he's passing the ball into the net now mm. and that's not Sadio Mane who signed for us. Now you get the ball, Robbo plays in the ball, he's like, I think I'll probably just pass it into that top bin there. It looks effortless, doesn't it, when yeah. he puts that in? And that's like, you see footballers in the... It's a very it's a, toil to do it's that an normally. Obscene, it's an obscenely difficult thing to do, to change to change your body shape and put the ball in the, in the top bin. I mean, like, we're talking from the, from, your, from your layman's term, from your basic average human beings, but, like, it is a, it is a very, very difficult skill to do. And the second and one, easy. The, the, his second goal, he's like, if I just leave this here now, the, keep, the keeper's going to bounce it off his knee. And the vision <laughs> to see that type of shit, like, you know what I mean? That's playing the world, lad. Yeah, absolutely. The first one, they're, they're just... 
just felt like a sense of inevitability to mm -hmm. it. When as soon as he gets that, just a couple of yards of space. I mean, I was doing the story of the match, and obviously you, you know how it is when you're like you're recording and, and like you've got the phone ready. And and sometimes there's there's like oh, I'm gonna start recording here, but you know you don't you can't really feel a natural. But that one's like as soon as he got the ball in that space, I was recording. I was like I'm ready to hold on to the phone because I know because you just know yeah. that as soon as he's got the ball and as soon as there's that couple of, couple of yards of space in front of him that he's, he's and he's on his right foot, it's in, it's yeah. in. Second they got the ball, it was there's yeah. just a feeling of inevitability, and it's funny because talk about it, the, the Brav could have had an absolute shocker for, the, for for his other goal, but I actually had that feeling of inevitability a few times during the game, Jack, and the Brav could actually ends up being almost Newcastle's best player yeah. because how Robbo's not come out with a goal, and how Trent's not come out with a goal in that game is is down to is down to their goalkeeper, which is mad. Well, we were so, so good in the second half, as Chris said, it was some of the best football we've played in a long time, actually, and I think the Bravka, it get, stopped it from being seven or eight, and it was one of them situations where it's just, it all, often happens against Liverpool where you have just a goalkeeper being absolutely immense, and you're like, are we going to get past him much today? But it was one of them where I think we, we could have, it could, could have been a completely different scenario where we're scoring goals for fun that game, and it's one of them where we come away 3-1, but we were, we were incredible. It was a great example. The Robbo one in particular, like as Bobby plays the pass, and he's just he's just laughing his head off. He's I think Robbo's laughing as he's running yeah. onto it. Yeah. It's just, but he, 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 I've no idea how that goes out. Like I celebrated because it, it, it's in. It's a goal. How do you, how do you not? How do you not score after that move? Um, he's very unlucky, or the goalkeeper's very lucky, or whatever. It wasn't even um, the best move of the match. No, I know. And um, Bobby flicked it over some fella's head, <laughs> and it wasn't even the best move of the match. Yeah. Obscene, but I love that. Is that and it, it showed you how, how how Liverpool were in control of the the game, and it never felt out of our you know out of our reach the results because they should be annoyed or they, you know they were showing some signs of annoyance. They went. It was just like that's fine. We've got this. We're going to continue to have this. We're going to continue to create these chances because that's that's what we do. Goes into that feeling of inevitability today. They're out there enjoying their football in a game where Newcastle effectively put ten men behind the ball for for, for large portions. Of Eleven at times. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know how we do it. And I, I think I said maybe towards the back end of last season that I realised that this Liverpool side play a ninety-minute game now, and it just feels like you, you've got the team in a vice-like grip, and you're just turning it all the way through the 90 minutes and it comes to about 60 minutes and the, the teams that you're playing, they're just on their arse. Yeah. And it, it feels like Liverpool are just enjoying it, like there's another level that you can go to. If we need to go, we can just, you know, a little bit faster, a little bit crisper and we just continue. And we just, we, we honestly, I, I don't see where we don't win a game anymore. I know, I, I you know what, completely, it's that thing of, and I, and I put it in here, it's important to win these convincingly because it lets the opponent think there's no plan that will stop them being, you know, stop a defeat happening. Because now we've seen, I've seen three different teams come to Anfield in those games, all try something different, all try something that was, wasn't was the way they play every week, wasn't their, mm. their stock go-to way of playing for. Norwich being a slight, a slight exception to that, but like, you know, as far as a newly promoted team coming in and swinging for you, was a bit of a, a, bit of a shock factor to that. And not one of them is has yielded any results they've had little bits that you might maybe some manager might be able to weave something together from that but you're going to come and defend all game long good luck you're going to come and and, and have a pop at us alright sound good luck you're going to come and try okay just let our fullbacks have it yeah all the best <laughs> you fucking idiots um, it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant and that's what we're starting to build up 
now everyone's talking about Liverpool's. Uh, it's like the longest unbeaten run at home, uh, you know, in the in, in the Premier League or something, isn't it? And you know, the people are talking about the the record that Mane's got about the, it's the longest run a, play, a Premier League player's had unbeaten it unbeaten at home or not? Oh no, it's it, yeah, it's unbeaten at home, isn't it? It's it's in, it's insane. And Man City, conversely, and we'll come on to talk about them in a little bit. Just little cracks starting to happen. I, I look at it, Chris, and I, I don't think we will. We'll probably now we'll probably lose our next three or whatever because that's the way footy works. But I genuinely finished watching that game at the weekend and went, I wouldn't be shocked if Liverpool went unbeaten all season because yeah. because and it, and look things happen, twists and turns, yada yada yada. But that's how good we are right now. Oh, I was speaking to um, a City and United fan yesterday uh, in the pub, and I, I was saying to them. They're, they're my mates, and they know I'm quite I'm quite a pessimist when it comes to Liverpool. So when we play Sheffield United, I'll, I'll be worried that actually we might slip up to them. But actually, right now we're in a situation where I'm looking at it and I'm like, City clearly have their weaknesses at the minute, and we're just incredible. Our front three are happy, playing the best football of their lives. The whole team, there's not a player without a smile on his face. Obviously, we had that thing the other week with, with Mane, but that was nothing. And the fact that people talked about that just shows that people are trying to create a problem at Liverpool. People are trying to find issues within the club when actually there's none. We're the champions of Europe. We're winning football easy. And it's it's just brilliant at the minute. It's brilliant to be a Liverpool fan. Cause our, our, biggest, our biggest worry at the moment is that the manager might leave in three years. Yeah. <laughs> That's Literally. the biggest problem yeah. that we've got. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't look... I never worry... I mean, even one nil down, I, I, it's very strange to be in a situation where I never worry that we don't win that game. Mm-hmm. And I never worry, actually. It always, I don't see us never scoring less than two. Yeah. I, it always feels like we're going to get at least two in a well, game. Well, that's the point. And then we, and then we don't concede more than one. Yeah. So it always feels as if we're going to not run away with games. But well, that was another yeah, stat, know. wasn't it? Is that, was it the, the longest unbeaten, the longest winning run where we've also scored two goals, right, yeah. at least two goals in a game as well? Yeah, it's, it's all 14 other wins, isn't it? Yeah. A, a tiny worry of mine is that it fades towards the end of the season because no, I, I, when, yeah. when people are knackered and, you know, in, re, in the last Christmas couple of years, yeah, yeah. in the last couple of years, we've had, obviously, a brilliant end to the season. But I worry that with the front three playing so much football over the summer, that actually the latter stage of the season it might fade. I, I told, uh, that, remember that when Chelsea fear? won the league the other year, and they just they were fifteen points ahead, and everyone just Ex- fucking gave yeah. up. Exactly, that was my that was my fear until this weekend, and it it will we'll see because now when the Champions League football comes back, it's a it's a fresh test, which we'll we'll, we'll talk on on the build up show for Napoli, of course. But I genuinely, I agree. But just the points that City are dropping, this is why we've done, we've gone all in to keep the side together, because our, the game, it's starting to look like our game plan is go hard for the first half of the season, try and 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 win, you know, get as many points on the board as possible, and go ape what Chelsea have done in the past, because the legs will fall off. The legs will fall off City as well at the back at the back end of the season. But you've you've just got to hope because what they're going through that we're not. Is they're bedding new players in, and they're also having to deal with with injuries as well. Obviously, with the Laporte the Laporte thing as well, and it just makes them slightly more vulnerable than us. We're a team in our absolute peak. We're not. We've not got to worry about fitness. I just think we we will worry about fitness in April. That's. I think that's what they'll they'll do. And the plan is is yeah, you just run as as hard as you can for as long as you can. And if we fall short, then fine, fine, we fall short. But at the minute. 
you know, apparently, and I heard this, and I haven't verified this, but apparently it's the biggest lead a team's ever had at the top true, of the, yeah. the top of the yeah. league after five games, which means fuck all. It means genuinely fuck all. Let's come back and let's come back in ten games and see where and see and when where we it were when we were growing up. The league table had been out one week at this point, hadn't it? Yeah. Didn't bother until after the fourth game. Yeah. So like you know, nothing, nothing. You know, let's not. We're not getting the the the, the bus sprayed. You know, the open top bus sprayed just yet or, or it's whatever. It's only sprayed from last year anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but very, 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 very encouraging signs, and it's a game plan that seems to be working so far. Anyway. Um, the reason why we have this biggest lead at the top uh, of the league and all these things going well for us is because, don't know if anyone got onto it at the weekend, um, but Norwich beat Manchester City. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. What a belter weekend of football. So we won. City lost. Diev lost. United won. I mean, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah you know, but like, you know, like, it just, it was genuinely glorious. I walked out Saturday night with, an, with a, with a spring in my step. Um, before we dive into talking about it though, Chris, um, it's something you drew to my attention. You just had a little like, go predicting how the weekend's fixtures were going to go on the build-up show. Oh, great. Uh, three o'clock Saturday is Man United Leicester at Manchester United. Leicester? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, going to be an actual interesting game. That Leicester no, it is. is. I think Leicester are better than them. Yeah, yeah. genuinely. Yeah. Have we got four four yays for Leicester? I want I want Leicester yeah. to win, and I also think he will. City I think they're it. just going to win. City I mean, Sterling now looks on a different planet. Oh, De Bruyne is. I mean, I think he's already an early nomination for Player of the Year. If you yeah. put money on a player, I think it's between the Bruyne and Sterling. I mean, Watford have been dreadful recently, so I, this is what they do. Arsenal will win that one, yeah. and then Everton Bournemouth. That's a nil nil. Evan Bourne, it's just a draw, isn't it? it, it yeah. I think they draw every time they play each other, those yeah. two. Spurs Palace Spurs at three o'clock. Well, if Newcastle can go there and win, Palace can. Yeah, not great. Um, in defence of everyone, that Norwich, look. <laughs> and we were saying off air, look, Norwich were always going to have a go. They weren't going to change their game plan. They were at home, they were going to cause City problems, but no one was predicting. I mean, like, that could easily have, you know, that could have just finished three-one, and, and no one would have battered an eyelid. Ultimately, I mean, it could have finished three-all or four-three, given how much pressure City put on. But um, brilliant, just absolutely it, it was, thrilling. You know, my favourite part of that game, they had it on in the curry house uh, where I was Saturday night, and it's Campwell running into the corner. After about ninety-two minutes, and he has an opportunity. He could burst into the box, and he's a young kid, and like I know. I've seen experienced players who make the wrong mm. choice there, and he just runs into the corner, and you can almost—I could almost feel Kyle Walker seething yeah. through the screen about <laughs> how fucking dare you yeah. wear Manchester City and Campbell was, was like pure... with this lad. Yeah. It was pure. in his face as he runs away. Couch co-op playing against your mate. You run times running down, and you just—he just made a beeline for the corner, like insane. It's like, and it's. It, even even experienced footballers, you're natural instinct there. You're in. You can go and get a goal. You can go and get a shot on goal. And he's like, nah, not for me, thanks. I'm just going to go and take this into the court. And then he like, is, is it Walker that he rips as well? Does a little drag back and then and then they, mm. they come away. Has anyone seen the video clip as well? That someone's filming from the, the corner. Yeah, yeah, it's right and there. Like, they just yeah, go, going, oh, going oh, oh my God. The unity in the team and, and, and you know, be, between the team and the fans. But obviously, Pucky sets up Campwell for the second goal. 
and and obviously the the, um, the 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 running into the corner at the end. It's just a team spirit that seems almost unrivaled, maybe, maybe rivaled by us, yeah. but like unrivaled at the moment in the sense of that there's no there's no individuals in that yeah, side. There's no at egos all. in that attack. Yeah, no, there is there. Because no. all the first teams were out. Yeah, yeah, you can't so, have egos. So, the backups can't. Yeah. He, yeah. Made, he, made, he made his debut for the under 23s this week apparently, yeah. and then he played and then he played on Saturday and night scored. and scored and, and ran into the end. corner. Yeah. So fair play to him. <laughs> no, I I I I love that. And it's 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 dead right though, Jack. It's like that's what you that's what you've got to do against Manchester City. And I, it's funny because you had uh, Rory, our mate Rory, Jen, Rory Jennings having a go when Norwich played us and saying, "Oh, you you, you he called, did he call them morons or something?" Yeah. Saying you yeah. go to Anfield and have a go, lad. You good teams like that. You might as well like if you've not got the system, if you've not got the work ethic and all that, then you should have. You need to you need to build it up. There's something so likeable about Norwich, and it is that endeavour, it is that determination that you can take. And we, we talked about this on the show last week about that's where some teams have, have stolen a march. That's why Norwich have, have done well. They've got a unity. They've these teams are coming up from the Championship as a unified squad with a unified vision, and you come up against teams that yeah they've got the great individual stars, but if they take their eyes off the ball, they're causing problems. Brilliant. Yeah. It was superb from Norwich all throughout the game, I think. And I think with Manchester City, it was one of them things where I don't think it was talked about enough before uh, before the game. Obviously, they lost company in, in, in the summer, mm -hmm. which people seem to underestimate because, yes, leadership. he was getting old. Yes, he was injured a lot. But you have that leader at the back. He's yeah. the captain. There's, there's everything. He comes into that game. Exactly. You know, exactly. Laporte out. And, and they he, don't he have a problem. He covers for a and bit. They're, they're comfortable, probably, if, if he's in there. He comes in, comfortable, leader at the back, sorts the defence out on this shit. And, you know, it was just, as you say, it was a brilliant weekend. I watched that game with a City fan, and then I went to town after. <laughs> Where did he go? Oh, he went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> did not want to see my face after that game. So, there you go. No, and, and this comes back to it, doesn't it, Ben? This, the, the point I was making earlier about City... They, look, they'll pick themselves up, they'll dust themselves down, and they'll go and probably win every game between now and the end of the season because they are amazing. But these, this is the, this is where they're at in, the, in terms of the lifespan of their squad. Mm. This is a little bit of a transition period. The older guard are starting to yeah. fade or, or move on, and then you've got these, you've got new players and younger players that are that are, that are still being bedded in. And you know, it comes down to it. Gabriel Gabriel Jesus still hasn't been fully trusted to, to be bedded in, so he's he has the ability to come in and win those games for them. He's done, he did that yeah. last season a, a couple of times, but they haven't found out a way to truly get him and Aguero in in, in the same side at, 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 at the same time. They've then got Rodri, you know, good player, scores a really good goal mm. as well. But it's just these are the marginal differences in that side. It means that they are just not quite the same powerhouse yeah. that they were. Yeah, and you know, it's season. difficult to keep. I think it's underestimated, almost underestimated to a sense of how difficult it is to keep that momentum going for a third season. We've almost become accustomed to these freakish numbers that they've been putting in yeah. over the last two years. 97 points and 100 points isn't normal. Yeah. And, you know, we might see this season what would be, we might see from them this season what would be enough to win the league most 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 seasons yeah. in the noughties, they might go and get 86, 87 points. But for us, we might go on and we might have that second season of momentum where we go out and put a ridiculous, ridiculously outlying season again. And it looks like we have definitely got the potential yeah. to do that. But 
what we're going to see from them. We're potentially going to see a very, very good season from them. But because we're so used to these two seasons where they have been on such a ridiculous level, yeah. it's going to be a strange one. The, 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 uh, the problem, sorry, the problem I think they've got right now is they've created a monster in us. In mm -hmm. mm. to try and get to the point where you're getting a hundred points or ninety seven points and not winning the league, and, and they're getting to ninety eight, we've improved. Mm -hmm. And so five games in, three wins, a draw, and a loss isn't a bad start no, to no, twenty five no. of the last mm. twenty seven league seasons. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's, no, it's no. genuinely not. But in in us trying to compete with them, they've now regressed over this very early part of the season to the norm. And we're still here going, we're going for 100 odd points here. Yeah. We've got to get 100 points to beat yeah. Manchester City. So there's no let up on our end. Yeah. You think about their centre back partnership, right? John Stones and Otamendi, they've won multiple league titles, yeah. these lads. And we're talking about them like they're a fucking laughing stock. Yeah. They're not a laughing stock. Yeah. It's just that when you're comparing them to a centre back partnership or a back four with Trent and Robbo and Virgil van Dijk and, you know, world class players like that. They, they are good enough to win the league title, but are they good enough to get 100 points yeah. as a centre-back partnership? Probably not. No. And That's the difference for me. You, Company played the last sort of, that entire winning run. Yeah. He played all of that and he wasn't in the team at the start of the no. season, but when the shit hit the fan, Company went in there. And, and he, he won it for them, really. When, yeah. they, when they needed it at Leicester. Yeah, the Leicester. There, yeah, there he is. Goal, you, you, you posed the question on the Around the League the other week, Ben, when the Laporte injury came out. Of like, how much will it impact? And me and Chris kind of dab, downplayed yeah. it a lot, but the point is. Yeah, everybody the, did. The, 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. And mainly part of this is like anti jinxing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, but, you know, there's also a degree to which, and it's the point Chris is making, nothing wrong with Othamendi and Stones. And and they're a pair, they're a very very good two very very good centre halves and and will be a, a very good centre back pairing, but we know it's like if you had to play if we had to play six months of Lovren at the back, he has that in him. He yeah. has that little moment of a of a mistake in him, yeah. and and there's a there's a fallibility in there that you know op op opponents will go up against and not feel as though they can't get something out yeah. of a They've had a sniff like now. Yeah. The rest of the league's had a sniff and I think that's the key thing for mm -hmm. us. Look at Watford yesterday going out and giving it all against Arsenal. Yeah. If teams, I think Ian Doyle tweeted it, it's mad when you have a go at Man City they, they, they can be vulnerable, and now, and now they have lost the port. Who is their, you know, their equivalent to Van Dyke or however you want? He's to the Kraken. Van Dyke's are Kraken in the port. He's absolutely, he's absolutely brilliant. But you know, you can see there. Teams will be looking at that third goal that Otamendi gives away, and they go, "Well, he's just—he he could not—he could not comprehend the concept of being pressed that high and that, yeah. and, that and that intensely." And and they'll be going, "Oh, right, okay." And you know, the, the, I can't—I don't know who they're playing next, but the, the the next team will be looking at them, and the next few teams will be looking at them, going, "All we—well, I say all we need to do." What we need to do is put them under a bit of pressure, and and, and there is a mistake in them. Unlike I mean, the ports, these things are all easier said than done, aren't yeah. they? Of course, because there's, yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's so much that goes into these kind of things. There's not there won't be many teams still who are brave enough to try that, but there are more teams at the moment who are a bit more have a bit more of that in them. You know what I mean? Like you know, your Southamptons and the way that will might fancy the chances of having a little go in in, in mm -hmm. those regards. Because again, why not? What what what's the point in not? Because you're gonna get you're probably gonna get beat either way, and as we're seeing with teams, teams coming against us, come and have a go at it. Norwich is still the team that caused us the most problems at Anfield this season. Mm. They give us more problems than, than Newcastle. They give us more problems than Arsenal, um, because they, they they went at us. They tried to get in behind. They, you know they, they 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 got in our faces, and we smacked them back for it. 
But a big, you know, so much to recommend from them from uh, from from Fox boys are just going. Oh, that's how that's how we play. We're gonna keep gonna keep doing. It, that. The, the thing I think they, they pulled this up on match of the day, and I thought it was the best analysis of the game that, that I've seen anyway. Is that it's not just the ability to go and press Otamendi and that it's the ability to play around their press, yeah. and that's the hard thing when you're coming up against Manchester City. And that I think every team probably in the league does run those at some point in training, mm-hmm. but doing it live in a game when Manchester City players are flying at you that yeah. fast—that's the thing where most teams go, "Let's just fucking hoof this long and get rid for a bit, relieve the pressure." And Norwich never—they just continue to play out through their press, and then they got their opportunities that way. That's the thing that holds teams back is that they can't play through the press it's funny time. isn't it and all of a sudden the talk is like Pep needed one more centre half in the summer and you know like he, he, he basically rested De Bruyne didn't he you know, yeah. for, for this because they've got one eye on on Shakhtar in, in midweek presumably um, and that's that's what can happen I think teams should take encouragement and what was great as well Pep Guardiola congratulated Liverpool on the title didn't he you know he's obviously being he's trying to you know he's being funny he's being sarcastic but I, I, I love that that is immediate reaction to mm-hmm. it is that I mean, and look, he, he's right to be sarcastic. It's five games of football in Liverpool are going to drop points. There'll probably come a point where Man City are top of the league and Liverpool are in second because of a little bit of a switch around in, in things and television fixtures. Yeah, all those, all that stuff. <laughs> but sky back half of the season. Let's yeah. give Man City three games before Liverpool have to play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, Jack, I love that. I, I just love that. It, it almost like his first thought is that. Is to we're there, we're there constantly. Aren't yeah, we? he called himself Fraudiola as well, so it's just one of them <laughs> things. Where I, I just think with Pep Guardiola, he's holding on to that for two years. That's yeah. not been mentioned on football Twitter for two years. It's, that has been fucking there at the back of his mind. Oh, it was all over the place at the weekend, wasn't it? Mm. Lost what we lost Check one out. game in like yeah. twenty-five or something like that. More than that, you've lost the game since like February or January. January the Newcastle game, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. It's, it's one of them where I think every little thing pisses Pep Guardiola off. I think yeah, yeah. he's one of them he's managers who's so used to winning, he's so used to, to mm. being perfect that everything sticks in his head, everything pisses him off. And I think it's one of them things where, I, I mean, I said at the start of the season it's a bit of a bold shout, but I said that I think Pep Guardiola won't be at Man City at the end of the season because I just feel like it's one of them things where if you have a problem here and there with Pep Guardiola, then he, everything falls apart. And I think... The Premier League is one of them leagues where you are so easily able to self-destruct. We've mm-hmm. seen it with Jose Mourinho several times. And I, I just have a feeling that it could happen with Pep Guardiola. The thing with Liverpool now with this is that, as we say, we just got to keep going, keep going hard. And you and you hope that you you just sprint. You're sprinting for the finish line early. And now it's not that's not a sensible way to run a marathon, which is what the league is. But you've just got to get such a lead. And you've ever done that, you've ever chased after someone and you just reach a point where you're just like... Oh, fuck this, yeah. and you just the you taste after someone. You know, like you be you be playing like man on so you play like in the kid in the school. You just put you just go. I'll be asked. I'll just change my attentions elsewhere. Yeah. And 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 are you the Champions League? Yeah, exactly. that's what you'd hope. Yeah. Exactly, and I think that's that's what Liverpool's game plan is this season. Is you just comes a point where maybe they just take their eyes off that and just think. Okay, that becomes a, ever so slightly a secondary concern to just keeping keeping mm. other things running and. I, I think that's personally, you know, I still don't think I don't think Liverpool will win the league this season, but I do think that that's our best 
our best yeah. chances that right now in, in, in how it looks certainly um, listen if you want more gay content this week talking about all of this kind of stuff the Around the League show is coming up on the RedmenTV.com uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of laughs and plenty to, to discuss had. plenty to discuss <laughs> yeah. that's on from Toffee TV so um, I didn't plan on be being so bad yesterday but it's Perfect oh, timing. You could have lost any Monday, yeah. and you'd have probably been all right. I love it. I love it. Yeah, catastrophic, to, to heroic, to catastrophic but in the space of ninety minutes. They won the transfer window, though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They always do. Season, they always do. Um, so there's that coming up on the RedmenTV.com and the Man of the Match podcast. If you're not ready to finish talking about the Liverpool Newcastle game, there'll be a little bit more there for you. Again, go. It's free for the first month, so go and check it out. Uh, and then it's just five pound a month thereafter. Some amazing shows on there. Plenty of exclusives. So go and get involved, gentlemen. Thank you very much. That's been an absolute Absolute pleasure. See you all very soon. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.